Welcome back to the Urban Foundry Podcast, your go-to source for urban real estate news and conversations. I'm Andrew Urban. And I'm Paige O'Neill, and we will be your co-hosts as we explore the future of downtown real estate. This This is Urban Urban Foundry. Foundry. Season two, brought to you by Hope Coming. And welcome back to Urban Foundry, Paige. It's season two. Season two, we made it. Somehow. I know. We completely winged season one, so thanks for our listeners sticking with us. Yeah. I was thinking in the car ride in this morning. Hard to tell. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) I was thinking just about some of our strategy planning for the next year and entrepreneurship, growth, and I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if we brought our brand new season two sponsor, Hope Plumbing, in to talk about how they built their business? Mm-hmm good news they're here they are here we got hope plumbing with us hi guys hey everybody please welcome jack and brad from hope plumbing all right so jack and brad we always start off you guys gotta introduce yourselves just real quick who you are who's hope plumbing how did it start all that kind of stuff real quick brad i'm brad persick one of the co-owners of hope plumbing jack and i started i don't know how far we want to dive into this but jack and i started this company 17 years ago We worked together at a local plumbing company. Jack was actually my service manager to begin with. Long story short, we worked really well together. Didn't really love the direction that company was going. And from there, him and I started talking about getting in business together. And Jack left originally to go to school. Yeah, we'd we'd figured out we wanted to do something together. Hi, guys. Jack Hope. Sorry. Brad and I had figured out we wanted to do something together. And he was still in the process of getting his plumbing license. And I had started another business that had closed. Brad always tells me the only business I started (laughs) that ever worked was with him. So I'm sure he does. Yeah. (laughs) Constantly. So that business closed and then I was looking for a job, got into the plumbing business and then decided to go back to school. I did go back to school. I went back to school, finished my master's degree in philosophy and hope plumbing was a way for me to get through school. Brad was working with me full time. So we got started. I wrapped up my degree and had a decision to make about what I was going to do. I didn't know if I wanted to teach or pursue Hope Plumbing. One way or another, we pursued Hope Plumbing. I'm glad we did. And it just kept... It just kept growing. It was him and I, just he and I for maybe a year and we'd sub out some stuff just if our schedules didn't align or whatever that was. And it just kept growing. And then we hired one guy and then a second guy and then a third guy. And it was, I think the five of us for 18 months, maybe two years. The reality is a lot of this was 17 years ago. So I'm trying to remember exactly how these things happen. And I don't, I think we often sit back and think how far we've come and how fortunately we are fortunate we are and that type of thing. But I don't actually dive into, you know what, how long was it? How long did we work? Who was the, or how long did we have the first guy hired and that that type of thing? Yeah, that's the history part of it. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how that idea got started. Was that just natural? You guys buddies at work and... Just building a rapport, shooting the breeze, dreaming, daydreaming a little bit and going. Yeah. So Brad and I had known each other before this job. Got it. Not real well, but knew each other. And then had a starting place or something for the relationship. And like you said, I was his manager. So talked to him quite a bit. He was in school and I was in the office or he was out in the field and I was in the office and just kept chatting about it. And the business that we worked for, I don't have anything bad to say about them. They were great to me. And I think they were great to me too. Yeah. They were really helpful for me. They just were not, it was a third generation business. They didn't have anybody that seemed to be 
like ready to take it into the next generation. So right. there were some struggles there. So Brad and I just talked about what it would look like if we did it ourselves. And we get, we've had some of these questions. We're lucky enough to have done something like this before. And the questions are like, so what was your plan? And it's like, I don't know how to be any more clear. Like we, there wasn't a plan. <laughs> we didn't have one. Yeah. Yeah, there's no it, pitch it was deck, just right? Like, like, man, we were 26 and 7 years old. Yeah. We were like, hey, so do you think we could make $1,000 a week or something doing plumbing? And like, we we were just right. trying to pay the bills. And then I, for me, at least, I don't know when it really started clicking for Brad, but when I got done with school and decided mm -hmm. I, I wasn't going to go get a doctorate and teach full time right. is when I really started thinking like, okay, this is going to be like my life. We could maybe get into that a little bit too, because I think for both of us, <clears throat> so both, we went to Shatar together. Jack's a few years older than I am. And like you said, we were friends, but we didn't hang out all the time, yeah. that, that type of thing. But I think there was like a, are we really going to? Be like plumbers. Like, you know what I, I mean? It wasn't about, exactly right? it's, what. It's not like a field that like. Yeah. And maybe if you said, "Hey, my dad was a plumber," and yeah, you know, that's, that's just what like most of right. his most family kind of passed down. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, and neither of us. We grew up in the city. I didn't grow up working on tractors or in right. a particularly mechanical mind or anything like that. Yeah. So going taking a step back, I think when Jack and I first started talking about this, because he was in the office, I was in the field and. Personality-wise, our core values and a lot of those things really align, but who we are is like a 180. So yeah. it worked really well because he had all this knowledge from P&Ls and field stuff and or office management, and I would been in the field. I had a, the talent, I would call it all the time. So it, it worked. That it, dynamic it worked. Yeah, that dynamic worked really well for us. That we were each bringing a value to the table from the beginning, and yeah. I think we saw that. We couldn't see what, like you said, we couldn't see what it is now. But at that point, that's where this conversation started. And how did you come up with the name for Hope Plumbing? Obviously, well, it's your last name, right? It's, but it's my last name, and I think we were choosing between Hope and Persick, and we thought Hope. I remember it that we took the first two letters of each of our last names and it just so happens that it spelled hope. Jack probably remembers it differently though. It's wild, I'm, I'm, it's wild because he didn't to... start remembering that until 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Like, Wait, I know how I no, the reality is hope is it's much better marketing everything. Hope Persic. Right. It's a, it has easy. This, it's a positive word. It yeah. has this odd effect where people think we have been around way longer than we have. And right. even when we were, like three years old as a business, they'd right? Be like you've been around indie forever, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, you guys do good do a good job of getting your name out there. I know Thanks. in like wherever you do work, you throw the signs up, your marketing on the billboards. Yeah. The one that we saw recently was with well, the poop emoji. Was it we give oh. a flush? That no, it no. Was, we really know our and that's yes. the poop. We emoji. really know our poop yeah. emoji. Yeah, so, yeah we so, did. It. So talk Hear talk to that. us a little bit, right? So you know, you start this off. Like you said, you're just trying to pay the bills, yep. right? You're schlepping your tools around. You have a little bit of know-how and you're just scrapping it, right? And you're going, okay, what's our number this week? Let's try to hit that. Let's line up jobs, quote them outright so we're not getting burned. There was no number that week. Okay. Like literally, <laughs> what? to be honest, we started, we told everybody, so anybody in Indianapolis is, we went to Chittard High School. Yeah. A lot of those high schools, Chittard, Cathedral, Burbuff, yeah. the Northside Catholic Mafia, we start reaching out to anybody we know and everybody telling them. And then from there, we started walking door to door with flyers. Yeah. And my wife walked door to door. My mom did. Yeah. Like our family members walked door to door. And if somebody called, we went and did a job and 
when it was over, we went and passed out more flyers. And this was a time before there was no Instagram yeah. or, or yeah. anything like that. So yeah. you weren't, there wasn't this huge SEO space. Still very boots on the ground. Very, very much. Yeah. People were still like doing the white pages. And what year pages. was this? This was, <laughs> it was the best time to, to leave your job and start a new business like 2007 and eight when there was mm-hmm. a oh, yeah. massive recession. <laughs> Nothing else going on. Yeah. My wife was pregnant. So I figured I'd quit my job and start walking door to door with flyers. It made a lot of sense at the time. <laughs> yeah. Started eating Lexapro. Here's a weird, but, yeah, yeah, but here's a weird dugout with that, right? That's motivation. To be honest, you that was motivation you for me. you got to make it happen. Yeah. I have four kids, and it's only to motivate me. That's it. That's the only <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. Those are intrinsic motivations. So you guys start walking door to door. Like you said, hey, we're just trying to we're trying to figure this out as we go. That starts to pick up steam. Next phase, you got to hire somebody, right? You got to bring yep. some people on. Maybe they're sub. Maybe they're a contractor to start. Hey, when I got extra jobs, can you cover? You're a good plumber. This is a side thing for you. That kind of thing. How did you start growing the business we so didn't do any subs we uh, did well, kind not quasi informally. so let me clarify so all of our work is residential plumbing correct. services. correct so when we say sub what we mean is there would be somebody that had a leaking faucet and yep. brad and i i'd be in class and brad right. would be out of town or on vacation or something so we had a few guys that we would call that would be able to go do this work on right. our behalf mm-hmm. right. it wasn't like we had a fleet of subs that we were calling on or something mm-hmm. to that effect I think when it came to hiring somebody, it was just when we, part of it, Brad and I talk about looking at our schedule some days and we'd have 16 service calls on our schedule starting at 7 a.m. And he'd pick me up and I'd get in the truck and I'd be like, okay, we're never going to get all this. Done <laughs> yeah. Today, right? yeah, yeah, we can't. Yeah. And we after, get it all done. after enough of that, it was like we could, you know, we knew a few guys that were capable and so on. And we hired one and then figured out we could keep him busy and then. Geez, I really forget about a lot of this stuff. Yeah, probably shout out to our wives because we never could tell anybody when we were coming home. Um, yeah, we we just no worked idea. until people so, would no longer allow us to come into their homes. And then I think when it got to the point where it was months of that, we were like, you know what? I don't think we really saw it as like this business we were going to create. I think mm-hmm. we were still just like trying to make some extra money. School was still in your you know, mind, I think I was still potentially teaching. Che- yeah, teaching. And, and from there, I think we started thinking, okay, we're, we've been like, this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. We need to hire somebody. And then that's when we hired our first employee. Yeah. And then- uh, I think when we really started to, I, c- I couldn't be pretend to tell you when I, like when we started talking about this is real. Yeah, right. like we need to work on this business instead of just like, dude, we have so much stuff to do right now. Yeah. And it versus on it, right? Y- y- yeah, for sure. And and go back in your basement and do invoicing after a And my, my favorite yeah. one to tell you as we think about how ridiculously small we were. We worked out of my basement, out of my house, and we pushed a rollaway dumpster up and down my driveway daily <laughs> so that the dump truck could come pick it up because they wouldn't come in my driveway to right. pick the dumpster. Because originally we got the police called on us for going to random dumpsters behind buildings. If yeah. you want to say how small we were when we started, we didn't yeah. – it was yeah. just – Get your stuff. We just, I think we did just believe that we could do it. And it was more, it was seriously that jump and grow wings on the way down type of situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the first real goal we set of any kind was we told ourselves if we could do a million dollars a year in sales, that man, we would just be. We'd be millionaires. We'd be, right. right. We could do a million dollars. It would be. That was our first goal. Yeah. Yeah. And then to fast forward a little bit, we did that. We'd been built. We got to a million dollars, frankly, pretty quickly. And then a good friend of mine from another 
heating and air business in town had been begging me to go to this best practices business with him, like literally begging me, being like, I'll pay, just come with me. You'll love it. It'll help you. And I finally did. We were, we had done $1.8 million that year and we went to this best practices business and it was like, I get there and this guy's got 90 employees. They're going to do 11 or $12 million in sales this year. And I'm like, blown away yeah like i I thought like plumbing businesses were like four dudes and yeah dirty four dudes in a couple of vans and that's (laughs) it and and you're dirty all the time and you don't yeah you're not a real business just a couple guys in a truck and it's a really fun experience because they open up their books so you can see balance sheets profit and loss statements and i'm looking at it and i'm like geez this is pretty awesome, right? Yeah. Holy cow. So I came back from that, and Brad can probably tell you about this better than I can and start telling him, like, okay, here's what we got to do. You're all amped and up. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. drank the Kool-Aid. You're oh, like, dude, I'm, I'm on board. And I'm like, one of the things was like, we've got to get uniforms. And he's like, no, I'm absolutely <laughs> not doing that. Wearing t-shirts Do you forever. know my fashion sense yeah. over yeah. here, so, Brad? So it was, that was probably when we started really like, okay, what do we what are we really doing here? What do our possibilities look like? And frankly, I remember thinking to myself, and again, those guys were great, but I, I can do that. Like I'm meeting all these guys and like, they're impressive. Yeah. They've done their, yeah. but, I'm not, that moment but I'm not, like, but I'm not sitting in there thinking like, I could never imagine being in a, it was easy for you me both, to start I'm sure seeing there. Like, like, these aren't rocket scientists. These are yes. people that are right. just doing yeah, just, simple things really well, all the ordinary stuff and they're consistent and they're doing it every single day. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's, that's true. It's that moment of like compared to the moment you realize your parents are human. Yeah. Yeah. And they're flawed. Yeah. Yeah. For most of your childhood, you think your parents are gods. And then eventually you realize you, you like, grew up way different than well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but there's that moment, whether it's age 10 or age 15 or age 16, you go, oh, my parents are flawed human beings, just like yeah. the rest of us are that aren't perfect. Yep. And you have that moment of like, the curtain comes down. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that is not rocket science. Like, it's just persistency, it's consistency, and it's discipline, and then having a system and following it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I was thinking about this as you were asking about how do you know when it's time to do this or whatever. And I I do think there is something about most entrepreneurs that they, for whatever reason, they don't think about it like this, but they have a tremendous capacity for tolerating risk. Yeah. Just constantly be willing, being willing to double down. Brad leaving. It's a great point. I never, ever saw it that way. Brad, I never saw it as a I didn't know monumental in, time. I didn't know it until later, and I was talking to mm-hmm. another guy whose family runs a massive institution. And just talking about what's next and what's it like, and this business is a billion-dollar privately held right, business. Right. And I'm talking to him about like, this business growing, and he's like, Jack, I would never be able to do what you guys are doing because that risk that you guys are willing to take just freaks me out. He took the business over from his dad. And like, right. It's an amazing business. He's, like, he's The person I'm talking to is like, my dad is a crazy person with the amount of risk he would tolerate. And I'd never thought of – I don't think about it as – I just think I'm <laughs> – Yeah, I think I'm going to win every time. So I don't think of it as risky. But as soon as he said it, I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense to me that people under it. So many guys are in this position. They're like, I'd love to do this. And I'm like, well, just do it. And they're like, but I can't because of this. And it's then you're not going to. You're not going to get there. So I think that was a big realization for me later. And even now, like the kind of decisions Brad and I will make it work. It's either going to work or it's not. (laughs) Yeah. I do. I. Sometimes it sounds corny, but I do believe you're either going, it's either going to work or you're going to learn. Right. right. Yeah. Like I, I seriously don't see it as a failure. Um, 
we try a lot of things. Not all of them work. And I'm okay with that because now we know that didn't work for us, but yeah. we can adjust and may, do something different. So that's, I think, always been our... Even now we talk about it, we can identify it. But back then it just was nature, second nature for both of us. And we were very fortunate to have each other and align in that way. It seems like I, I use the analogy, Paige is probably going to recognize that, called burning the boat. Mm-hmm. So you take the boat to yeah. the island and you just burn the boat. You can't get back. Yeah, burn the boats. You can't look back, right? You can't go, oh, I should have done this. Woe is me. You learn from your mistakes. You mm-hmm. iterate. You improve. And that's the analogy you have to make, exactly. right? Because if you're looking behind you, looking back to shore, and you got the boat there, are you going to go all in? No, yes. not, yeah. right? That works yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I didn't really think about it until much later. Yeah, and even later you I, go, holy cow. And even now, I probably still am willing to be hyper. I am. I'm happy to tolerate a lot of risk, but I just don't. I think we there's something about the people in that space that just have an ability, whatever it is, to tolerate that risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to ask you guys about, and it's something that even myself, sometimes I struggle with. Our business is different because it's a people business. There's technical, there's market expertise, knowledge you build up over years. But that's not too dissimilar from plumbing right. in some ways, right? I was thinking. I, I know. I was no, like, you were saying this, that. I was, like, I was like, well, that's not I didn't, that I didn't know if you were describing <laughs> us or you. Well, yeah. Yeah. I was saying that. I go, you know what? Yeah, actually, it's pretty similar. Yeah, actually, like, all industries <laughs> are like that. What the hell am I thinking? Yeah. But w- what was that moment where it starts growing to a point where you guys have shifted your responsibilities more into the strategic, the actual working on the business, not in the business? And how did you handle maybe letting go? Right. Because when it's you doing it and it's your name on the door, you take a certain pride and quality. You don't. Right. And yeah. at some point you can't be at every job well, and you might you not have be everywhere. Though. Right. Yeah. I'll let you take that. Jack. I mean, I but think... real quick, I'll just say that we, <laughs> neither of us were. So, so no. Yeah. I'll let you take no, it. But. Well, because you were the first one to leave the field, yeah. but neither of us have a real power control. Like okay. we are both naturally open to. Yeah, there's some, you have to have some running the company, but overall I can, I think we both can see the stuff we're not good at really quickly Mm -hmm. and think I'm not very good at that. And I'm, there's no ego there with either of us with that. I'm happy to say, yeah, you're way better than that. I just was at Chatard yesterday and they needed to make a power, I'd have a PowerPoint and I had to lean on our whole marketing staff because I've never done a PowerPoint before. Right. What like, did you have to make know. a PowerPoint for? For this career day thing. But the point yeah. is I didn't know how to make a PowerPoint. <laughs> I'm okay with saying I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. That. But Jack, you were the first one yeah. out of the field. so I think just to comment on, I think Brad and I are happy to let, we don't have a tremendous amount. We have some control stuff, but we also recognize that there's a whole lot of different ways to do things that work. So I don't think that we are micromanagers in that sense. I think we let people sort themselves out. That said, the to answer your question, when did we figure out that? And I, for me, at one point I came to Brad and it wasn't an argument. It was just one of those discussions where I was like, I'm not going to go to people's houses anymore. I'm no longer going to do service calls. I'm going to spend all of my time in the office. And he was like, who's going to do this? And I was like, man, I don't know. But if we don't get, we're just not going to keep, like we can't keep growing if somebody is not working on it from in there. And I just don't have the time to do all of it. And that was probably the beginning of it. I went into the office, did all the scheduling, was able to do whatever accounting stuff I could do, any of that stuff that was involved with the business at this point. And honestly, I don't even remember what exactly that looked like at the time. And then it was a slow, and then it was a slow progression of, 
eventually we got to a place where we pulled Brad out of the field. So Mm -hmm. both he and I were in the office. And then probably the next big one for me was I stopped answering the phone. We had people that were now answering the phones for us. So I was no longer scheduling calls or whatever. And that was, it's just a continual process of, of being able to get people in place of having the being willing to let somebody else do it right. mm-hmm. for you and accept that they're not going to do it the same way you are. And really setting it up as a business yeah, right? instead yeah. of just being self-employed. There's a difference between owning a business right. and being self-employed. If you're self-employed, you have to be there to run these things. If you have a business, ideally you should be able to step away and it still runs. And if you can't do that, you're still self-employed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can say that's that a you're a business analogy. owner. That's a great, that's a great analogy. Not. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those. No, Some people want not. those hands-on. Some people want to build a business. But you, if you are an entrepreneur looking to get into that, you should identify which one you want to be yeah. and what your real aim is. And I think now. a lot of people struggle to take it to whatever business it is. The next level <laughs> right. at that fundamental, they can't figure out like or they're unwilling to let I think a lot are un yeah. I think that's a lot of people are unwilling to take their hands off of the control, like ultimate control. Yeah, Yeah. that's tough, right? Because no, I thought it was like man, we could figure out how to do that. Be awesome. (laughs) But I'm sure there's a part of you that was. Hey, I I was. We were the guys going knocking on doors and doing this and building this brand reputation, and you put that sweat equity into it, and it's it's like it's about releasing control. That too, mm-hmm. which yeah. a lot of people have a really hard time with. They do, and there's a lot of there's a lot of ego. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot I'm of ego on in it, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's a hard thing for people to do. I think that makes people wonder if they're still valuable. That you start questioning what's your next step, which is something I often question. My wife and I have that discussion all the time. If I keep trying to remove myself out of here, what am I doing? And she'll say I'm driving me too crazy. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. and it's the same thing. It happened during COVID, right? A lot of people started to identify what makes them happy, what's next and that type of thing. Yeah. And, and so with that transition in, you guys also mentioned how your goal setting started to evolve, right? You went to that conference and you're like, sure. All right, I think I just killed it. And then you're realizing like, Oh my God, this is this, we could grow it to here. How is that goal setting process as partners or owners, co-owners of the business evolved over time as maybe your direct involvement in at the very ground level of the business has gotten a little more distant? How are you still setting goals, thinking about it? Are you thinking about the business differently through those different stages? I think uh, I try not to say nice things about Brad, but we, we, it's we, hard not to do. <laughs> this is why I try not to. Yeah, we get Brad. it. Brad and I are wildly fortunate in the sense that it is a constant dialogue and conversation between the two of us. So his goals for the business and my goals for the business, like if we just, if you sat us down in separate rooms, like they are not the same. Yeah. But as we work together, we figure out how to grow the business in a way that makes sense for both of our goals, that accomplishes that. And I think we have one of the partnerships in business that most people are not lucky enough to get. I've watched so many people fight and they get lost in these small decisions and they can't handle that this person doesn't see something the same way. And Mm -hmm. I think Brad and I have been either lucky or fortunate or worked real hard at or probably some combination of all of that. that. Yeah. And a ton of respect for each other. Yeah, for sure. Brad has four kids. I have one. Brad tells people he's way younger than me. It's 18 months. But it's just, I think so. (laughs) We have different wants and different needs and the things, but it's just, it's a constant conversation to try Mm -hmm. to, 
move like our plan for next year or whatever it is always some probably compromise of the two things that we're both trying to get out of not just business but life one of the one of my goals from right from the beginning once i figured out there was like a real business here yeah so i want to work myself out of a job i want to mm. as quickly as possible get systems in place to where i don't have to be in the office right all the time to make this place go. It's what we've been doing the whole time is you worked yourself out of the field. Then we answered phones and did paperwork, yep. worked ourselves yep. out of that position all the way up to, if you want to call it visionary or whatever, and then continue to find all those questions. What's the passion? Can you actually do that? Do you find out that you thought something was going to be your passion and it's not? So Sure. Yeah. I think to be as concrete as I can, yeah. it has been our goal for eight years anyway to grow a minimum of 30% in a okay. given year. Yeah. So there's some hard numbers too, right? Beyond the subject, the qualitative stuff where, Hey, I want this, my life to look like this. Yeah. How do we get the business? We to have all the hard that? numbers now. Yeah. Right. Constantly. So there is still hard numbers down still to targets. what days holidays are falling on in 2024 and what months. So that way we can project what we can expect that month. And we know the seasons by now we know we are pretty dialed in. We yeah. can all, I, always think we can improve, but we're pretty dialed in from that standpoint, I think. Yeah. What have you guys done as you grow this, right? There's probably technology, there's processes, mm -hmm. there's tools. Sure. What, what kind of lessons learned along the way, right? And then <clears throat> how do you think that translates maybe into the competitive edge? Understanding some of those trends, understanding how that impacts bookings. And the other thing I didn't even ask you about is job time, because in your industry, it's like I compared to maybe a car mechanic in some ways, there's book times in auto mechanics, it says sure. an engine, a teardown of an engine should take X, but right. If you've ever worked on a car, I've worked on tons of cars and I go, shoot, like I got this job manual here and I'm looking at that and like, this is a 30 year old car and someone moved X and Y around and then did this. And I'm like, how am I going to work around this? And that adds three hours to the job. Right. Yep. I'm sure you guys have similar challenges and yeah, lessons I learned. Mean, how do you, it, how do you think it, about it was, that? It was a, a gradual process. I think Brad and I in part because we started this business when we were young, mm -hmm. we're still young enough to ingest new technology or right. something like that. So we started using things as they became available, like telling guys that were new or that were confused to look up YouTube videos on how to do something or lots of Google searches and right. just a, a sort of taking advantage of what's there. A huge one. We started with paper invoicing and we went to iPads. That was at right. that time, it was like a big deal. Customers want to sign on an iPad. Right. And this was yeah. years ago, but right. it was, it felt like we were trying to move from a mom and pop feel to a corporate feel. And now obviously iPads are like everywhere and everybody right. has that technology. But at that point it was, that was a big step that we went back For and sure. forth on a lot. Yeah. yeah, we did. yeah. And how do you, the other thing is I, I find it as I've gotten to this point in my life, it's harder to embrace those new technologies. Yeah. How do you keep challenging yourselves to be open to the new, you right? Know, it's like right. selling no plumbing services like on TikTok. No, 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 you hear me, right? I'm like, why do they update Outlook? Like, well, I know how to use out the old Outlook. I want the old Outlook yeah. because yesterday, I know where the attachment file is. Yesterday, I was like, can you please just send me all of your random thoughts in Teams so I can have it No, I've visually. got 87 Post-it notes here for you. <laughs> yeah, I carry yeah. on this book of like random notes. I, I do still like to write recently, but yeah. So I've actually thought about this question, how do you keep being willing to ingest this new stuff? And I've actually thought about it, not about business, but right. just in terms of your personal life. Sure. And like you meet, you meet people that are older, 
right. older than us. Yeah. And let's just pick a number, 75 70, years yeah, old. Cool. 75, yeah. And like you meet plenty of people that age and they're still like, they know about new music and they right. know what's happening and they're interested in young people's ideas and they don't think that young people these days are like the worst ever or whatever that is. So for me, I think it's just a choice that people yeah. make at some point in their life that you're either going to continue to purposefully be willing to learn new things and ingest new things and listen to other people or not. But I think it's a choice and some people just don't want to or can't make it or whatever that is. But I think I've thought about this mostly mm-hmm. with school and sure. teaching philosophy and new ideas and all these things. And I do my best to spend time with kids and listen to them and like there's stuff going on that I'm like, I don't know if I agree with this. All of you guys seem to be on the same page and this feels no different than mm-hmm. any other generational right. thing. So I right. think it's just a choice just to constantly tell yourself, if you stop ingesting new information, you are going to be the type of person that makes you mad. I know I don't have to tell you this, Andrew, but the amount of plumbing issues we've had in our home in the past year is astronomical. I don't know where I would be without Hope Plumbing. I'm pretty sure our girls think they're part of the family. I cannot imagine how much money you've had to spend on plumbing. I'm not going to lie. It's probably more than some of my handbags. But thankfully, we have a membership with Hope Plumbing that has helped us save so much, especially when unexpected plumbing issues happen. Wait a second. You said membership. What do you get with that? It includes so many benefits. My personal favorite are the 10% discounts. And if you're a member, they waive the trip charge. That has been huge for our family. It has helped me save so much money considering the number of times they've been to my house. Wow, that sounds amazing. And if you call Hope Plumbing and mention Urban Foundry, they will give you a free membership for a year. Boom, that's a no-brainer for our listeners. Call 317-641-HOPE. Once again, 317-641-4673 and get your free membership today by mentioning Urban Foundry. Question. Fast forward to 30 years when you are 75 mm-hmm. and your son wants to come run the business or I don't know. Sorry. I don't know if you have a son or a daughter. I do. Yeah. Oh, I have a son. <laughs> son. Between Brad okay. and I, we have five kids. Okay. So <laughs> your kids want to come take over and they have all these new ideas. Are you going to be like, no, we've done it from like this from the beginning? Or are you going to be open to the new ideas? I'll be open to new good ideas. <laughs> that's a good hedge yeah it's funny See if the bank will give him a loan it, yeah. It's yeah right expensive it's yeah. funny <laughs> brad's oldest boy is 13 going on 14 yeah. packs. no 14, 14 going on 15, going on 15. Wow. your and son is 13 no he's 12 he'll be 13 they're two I see. years apart. you both don't oh, know yeah. so that's yeah. fair. So it makes me feel better and it's not something we've talked about a whole lot like yeah. what mm-hmm. what do we picture for the kids i think that part of that is just who your kids are right true i think I'm, I don't know what Pax will want to do. There's a part of me that hopes he wants nothing to do with mm-hmm. Hope Plumbing yeah. mm-hmm. and, and creates his own path and or, or whatever that is, because I think that's really rewarding. Um, right. Would it be a good job in life? And yeah, yeah. Sure. But I don't know. I think we just cross that bridge when we come to it. Brad's kids are still young enough that I think or two or three of them are that it'd be really hard to say what what would make sense. And Yeah. And I also think that it would be really hard. I think it gets really hard for businesses to survive in that environment yeah. when there's a bunch of family members in there running it. Like, I agree. And it's the rare business that can rare. really pull that off. So mm-hmm. I would be willing to talk about it, but I don't know that would be the best thing 
for even the kids, let right. alone the business. And it may be pretty difficult to lead some uh, business like that just coming in without the knowledge and, right. and the background or at least some sort of like time really spent in the business. Sure. Yeah, they, in my head, they would have to start in yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah. in the or field, like, yeah. Start from the yeah. bottom and work yeah, your you way up. To, Mechanics of it, in and out, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's like anything, right? You can't be at the level you guys are at and be able to make decisions if you don't understand what the front line's going through every single day. It was interesting. One question I had for you guys, you guys have reached quite a level of success, at least from the perch I sit in. And obviously you've had growth goals, right? Brad and I are always happy to discuss whatever yeah. those things are. Yeah. But I, I was thinking through at some point, eventually you tap into a market and you get a market share and at least from a business school perspective, there becomes like a slowing of growth because you can only take so much market share because there's other competing forces against you. And you guys have focused very deliberately on residential. Mm -hmm. What made you make that decision? Because I think a lot of people go, why wouldn't you want to do commercial too? 2007, right? 2008. That was it? But, uh, that was the no, moment? It, it, in the business we worked for. Okay. Yeah. They did commercial work, and the guy that ran the place for years would tell me things like, man, I wish we had a big residential service wing because okay. that's consistent. It's what his buddies that were successful were doing. So I think that was... there. There's a lot to that, right? If you are commercial only, typically you're following around a few contractors, right. and if they go belly up or yeah, you lose them. that relationship, you're tied to them. Oftentimes, if you are ever going to sell your company, they want customers. Yeah. They yeah. want a serious customer base. And then also coupled with two, it's not just one thing. It's all of those things. And that's the field I got in at right. that company. And just so happens, that's what turned out with our best practices that he had spoken about, that Jack spoke about earlier. They were all about residential plumbing mm -hmm. and that's where we were. So everything just happened to line up in that way. Yeah. And structurally speaking, right. And this is where I get into the wonky MBA kind of stuff. I would imagine that the commercial jobs are dollar volume, larger margin, lower, longer staff time, maybe more staff dedicated per job versus residential, more quicker jobs, usually smaller scale in some cases, but obviously higher margin. I'd is that correct? Is that accurate. kind of a general? I, the analogy that I've made before is I'd just assume hit a single 95% of the time. Right, right. Then try to hit a home run 200% right. of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing yeah, baseball, I, I math. baseball yeah. math. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball, it works. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> it works. pretty accurate, yeah. And I was just thinking through it structurally margin, and, and that's something in our business, right? We balance between corporate clients that give you a lot of recurring business, but the margin, because you have to staff it differently, is lower, right? Sure. You need strategists and transaction managers and analysts and all these things that we have to, an apparatus, you have to have a platform there. But then we call one-off or single transactions are a lot lower, lower staff need. And as a result, obviously much better margin. Those consistent contracts are great for when downturns happen. It's your hedge when the market goes away. And, th and that's always been our struggle and balances. Like, how do we build a team around that for those two different kind of modes of business, knowing that the margins are different? And at times it's very ch tempting because you start looking over in the other lawn and going, that grass looks pretty green, mm -hmm. right? And we're pretty good at this and we could easily go win X, Y, and Z. How do you stay focused? To be like, this is our core. Actually, I never think. You never way. think of it? You no. never have that grass is greener moment? The conversation that we're having right now, I started thinking about this when you asked about yeah. 
growth, right? And hitting mark terminal mass on yeah, terminal yeah, terminal velocity. Yeah. And it's I'm gonna go back to us agreeing to do thirty percent a year. Brad probably has more of an interest in pursuing opening up and doing HVAC work as well than I do. Mm. So our sort of compromise for a couple of years has been so long as we're growing 30%, there's no reason to. The next step would be HVAC or another location or both. Yeah. So <laughs> another market, so to speak. Or five. Right? Yeah. Or tap into a different geographic yeah. segment, yeah. right? Yeah. Because there's probably, I would imagine there's a radius band that economically viably makes sense to some extent, yeah. right? Based on where your teams are, your trucks are. Your we go shirt. an hour outside. Yeah. So everything within an hour is pretty much our service area. So you're, you two ways of growth, like you said, HVAC another service line or expanding geographic reach, tapping into another market, right? Yeah, just going to a new city. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, and you don't have to tell me your answer, with that, what are the pros and cons as you think about each of those? For me, the pro of continuing to just pursue plumbing is that we have a lot of experience right. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's really easy for me to wrap my head around, okay, we need a building, we need 10 trucks. Yep. For 10 trucks, we need approximately 35 calls a day. Yeah. Right. The, I, the, you know those, the math. Me, those metrics are really easy for me to push through. And I, you guys can appreciate this. I, I like the real estate business. So there's yeah. some value there too. You get another building and so on. Um, that That's the, that's the pro for me. The, and, and the at this con point, is I that think, you're in a new city. Yeah, yeah. And you're starting yeah. over and building it from scratch. And maybe there's some cross translation or some word of mouth. But yeah, you have to build a reputation you have have work yeah (laughs) yeah because you're essentially differently starting yeah not that i'm opposed i'm all about it but it it would take some you'd start grinding again yeah Yeah. like right now we and it's at our right now i think we both can see what is necessary like where you would start where manager just like if we want to continue to grow 30 percent, we have a pretty good idea where we need to get to set have another layer of managers and right. when we have another whatever the position might need to be added but you would need to grind you would need to get somebody there find people you try it takes some time just and this is just me being a curious cat so you can always tell me to shut up we're um, happy to answer yeah I don't no i'm going the other way you could approach that is obviously you mentioned you worked at a business where there was a generational issue kind of going and you oh, go yeah, purchasing a small do shop. we go purchase oh yeah in There's another market too. right yeah, and sure. then okay we have a book those metrics okay does that align a lot of guys it's a, it's right. a very common model that, is yes. guys will go pick up a business and install their system yeah install your system install your brand rebrand it boom we have some existing business yeah. ideally know, if we went into another location we'd probably buy a five eight man shop yeah to start got it do you have a short list of cities mm-hmm not, I mean, we on, not on write paper, them. but yeah. we've yeah. talked about some Sure, we could probably we say it out sense. loud and say the well, same. Then you have to give away your secrets yeah. here. We'll keep some One, of the secrets. One, two, three. Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Second uh, largest city in India. It's yeah, two hours makes sense. away. Thriving. Right. Their the real economic. estate market's booming. Yeah. They've got awesome infrastructure. They do. They do. It's a yeah. cool city. Yeah, it is. It and was then, down, and I feel like it's just... It's amazing. Yeah. They're downtown, and their local their local leaders have... They really invest in their community. We've done some work up there, and my wife is from there originally, and oh, she okay. worked in economic development up there, and it's really... It's impressive. For the size of the city, they've really punched above their weight class. I always agree. Like I agree. Yeah. Because right? you go to other size cities that size, and you go, oh, this is still stuck. Yeah, it's, you know? it's the little downtown area is vibrant. It's yeah. got awesome restaurants. It's pretty, where the three river thing combines... Is super cool. It's 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an awesome little city. So this is, I think it's a great time to show how we work. Yeah. If I had to choose, I would choose HVAC okay. before a location. Why is that? Yeah, give me your take. Uh, because we have a massive email list at this point. Okay. And HVAC, there's a few reasons. One, I think it's a better service for the customers we have. Mm-hmm. If, if you can call us and we can do your HVAC, electrical, and plumbing all under the car, fact, like you yeah. can have it all under one roof, like I, I would rather do that. If I know that Hope Plumbing, we have the, uh, to the technology side, we can right. keep pictures of every job we do. And, and I mean, everything from phone calls and who was there and that the type of thing. So first, I think it's better for our customers. Yeah. Hey, we can have everybody look at this one thing. Second, I think we can just tap into it really quickly. I mean, we can shoot an email out to... 30,000 people and Mm -hmm. say, Hey, we're doing this now. Right. But my actual point was that if Jack, the way that we operate, if he was like, I really think we got to start a new location before HVAC, I think we would just have that candid discussion and whoever pretty much feels stronger about it. Not like in some aggressive way, just like we know each other well enough at this point to know we'd be like, all right, yeah, try Mm -hmm. it. Neither of us really have a, that's what I mean by lack of ego. I'm not trying to prove myself. I know he has his, the best interest. I have the best interest and we we just figure it out. I don't know. We can right. just tell who really wants to do it. Yeah. And, and then do you guys have either personally or as a team, I don't know, an informal board of directors or mentors that you guys sometimes consult when in, you're faced with absolutely. these decisions, yeah. right? We have several people informally yeah. that we rely on quite a bit for bouncing off ideas or literally just saying things like, yeah. please tell me how to do this. Oh, part- <laughs> Not even that I need advice. I don't right. know anything. So yeah. just tell me. Yeah. yeah par- part of our best practice is that we had a coach assigned to us y- years yeah. ago. That's Interesting. one. Okay. And then through those best practices, we met other companies throughout the nation who some are smaller, some are larger, and you can learn from all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So Walk me through the coach thing. How did you guys get introduced? How did you find this person? Yeah, so person like I said, the my friend Chris, who owns Service Plus here in India. Yeah, it's Chris Cunningham who who gave us. We yeah. should give him a shout. Yeah, we should. He's an ama- been, amazing person. Whatever and, it's worth, it actually speaks to, there is no way we are in this position without Chris. And we've told him this numerous yeah. times. He literally told me, come with me, if nothing else you yeah. and I can go out for some nice dinners. That, that, so Chris conference. is the one who dragged you to the conference. He dragged yes. me okay. to this thing. And let me explain. So it's not just a conference. This is a business. What they do is they are a collective group of about 500 businesses mm-hmm. that are low-end, $3 million a year revenue yeah. trades businesses. And you pay- High-end, 300-plus million. Yeah, everything in between. And you're in the room together with open books, open P&Ls, everything. So they have playbooks, like they have what your flow chart, your organizational chart should look like at 2 million, 5 million, 10, 20, 30, so on. They have training for our techs. They have training for our service managers. They have job descriptions for service managers. They have all of it, right? It's like a full playbook. It's a full playbook. And then where folks struggle is implementing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the hard part. But the playbook is there, and that that's what Chris dragged me into. So that's- can, can I say something real quick? Sorry. I want you to realize, so Chris Cunningham owns Service Plus. Mm-hmm. It's on Benford yep. Avenue, yep. just right oh, off yeah. 86th Street. We're on Keystone yep. Avenue, just- He's begging a company within three miles of him. Like you guys all meet a lot of entrepreneurs and all these different people three miles from him doing the exact same work who most view as a direct competitor, like really wrap your mind around what he's trying to get us to do and what type of person that is to do Mm -hmm. that. And like you said, without 
joining that best practice group, we're definitely not where we are now. Yeah. And we don't meet all the massive amount of networking that you get out of that to right. be able to call a guy in Seattle, whatever. So it just it's just really something to think about what type of person it took to not have any, I don't know what it is. Ego. Fear. 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 Oh, right. fear. I mean, all yeah. of it. Yeah. Like it's pretty incredible. So I just yeah. want to touch on that. Like where, when you really think about, cause I think so many people get into this, who's your competitor? And I just, uh, I think we've never seen, I feel like we're our competitors. Like how can mm-hmm. we become better? And I think there's a huge market share. I think we can all be successful. I know that sounds like rainbows and butterflies or whatever, but I I really do believe that. I don't think that like we're competing against the next plumbing company. I think that we're all trying to just, if there's an awesome plumbing company, like I love it. They're raising the bar for customer service. If they're doing an amazing job, that means we have to elevate our game Mm -hmm. and let's like be like healthy competition. You know what I mean? Like a magic and Michael type situation or something. That's how, that's how I see it. Yeah. Iron makes iron, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I just want to touch on like when you really think about what a person, and I think a lot of people, I don't know, it's more like us against them for a lot of people Mm -hmm. when it comes to new businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And with with those, we'll call it informal board of directors of sorts or formal advisors, whatever you want to, whatever you want to tag it. Do you guys see yourself in a regular cadence sitting down with them or is it just as needed basis? No, it's when we get stuck or confused or have something we've never (laughs) had happen Mm -hmm. before. Or Mm -hmm. if we're going to try something new or whatever the case is, we get a phone call. And it's one of the best parts about this cohort or whatever. We also get calls from newer businesses that are going, hey, we want to start an excavation division. And it's like, can we ask you some questions? And we're like, or can we yeah, fly in and you, sit with you? What week? do you want us do to do? We'll time. send you our flow charts. We'll send you script. Yeah. Like whatever we have, we're happy to share that mm-hmm. with you. We just had somebody in, mm-hmm. right? That's been, they wanted, they were, they, this is a real example. Yeah. They wanted to start an excavation wing and they just, they were in we just had them come in and sit down in with in. us and, Hang out for the day and ask questions and told our managers, literally answer any question they ask you. There is nothing, there's nothing we're trying yeah. to do. There's nothing that. to hide. Right? And, and yeah. this same, That's there's awesome. no hiding. Right. Yeah. And this same place has training for all of our techs. So we fly our techs all over the nation. Three, two to four guys will go at a time and they'll go in a three to four day training. And it's every, it's almost like a life training. It's, they know how to plumb, but do they know how to do work for someone like you, Paige, or someone like you and come in your house what does and- that mean? Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I, know, I, I, I really appreciate that year, Paige but, was pointing yeah. out first <laughs> no, for the record. Like, <laughs> but be presentable where, hey, are we parked okay? Do we have shoe covers on? Are we polite? Are we yeah. hitting? And Anthony is my favorite. Shout out to Anthony. Anthony's pretty amazing. Anthony's a great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anthony is fantastic. But so we send him on these trainings and it's it goes over everything from small amount of technical. Little stuff mostly. to get up in the morning and do 10 push-ups. Just get yourself moving, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They Have really talk, laid out they the talk to these guys <laughs> about diet and about the difference between eating, driving through McDonald's and eating while you're on the road to yeah. take a decent lunch, park for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. gather your, like... Just the whole take a hat. human human yeah. moment for yourself yeah. and well, yeah. embrace that. To asking open ended questions to find out about your plumbing systems and how you live your life and what would work best for you. You know, what I mean, our goal is similar doc to a doctor is to come in your house yeah, and assess. identify all the things in your plumbing system and go from there. As far as like, how do you guys live and how can we make your lives more comfortable with that or repair things that may be an issue if you guys are having if you have new kids or whatever it might be. Right. So because of that, I'm pro. Heating and air conditioning. Oh, <laughs> not pages taken sides. I think I think that well, just, probably most of the people in our office are. Yeah, 
Just because I would rather everyone knows it in this. Most and of if you that's, know it in this room. I bought, the whole, go, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I bought the money pit and we have called everyone <laughs> under the sun to fix something in my house in the last three years. And if I could have just called you guys the whole time, it would right? have saved a lot of headache. Sorry, are you, Jack. Do, are you doing this on purpose? Oh, no. so <laughs> yeah, need, they slid me a s- script. We need, electri- we need electrical too, and some maybe some home home services like alarms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but what you described there, we haven't talked culture, right? But it seems like you guys have created a very distinct culture in a business that historically, at least from my impression, right, like a lot of polymer companies look the same. To yeah, be honest with sure, you, for sure. But then I've gotten to know you guys. I've used your services before we even did the sponsorship. But Thank I was you. like, really impressed with the customer interface, and I was like, wow, like I was really impressed because historically you call some some you call in a number, and some person would answer the phone and be like, hey, what do you need? Plumbing, and you're like, yeah. and then you know, oh, I have this friend, and then they talk down to you like you're an idiot, and I never had that experience once with Hope. And then the plumber guy comes out, and it's, usually it's a scruffy guy, and he's like, arr, 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 where's your thing? Yeah. Let's just get this done. And I never had that experience with you guys before we even built this relationship. Sure. And I was really impressed with that. And I, I had to think, that's culture coming through, yeah, right? We, Values coming through. I think part of it is- We I saw mean, that really early. Yeah. The bar set so low, how can we not be <laughs> successful in this? Everyone thinks of a plumber, you know yeah, what I right. mean? We all have pretty much same inju- yeah. image, like butt crack guy, yeah. you know, grumpy, whatever. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so like, all we have to do is be above that. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, and I don't necessarily blame those plumbers. They're oh, no. dealing with dirty, nasty no, crawl all... spaces. Not always fun. Right. It's yep. not always a yep. fun job. I'm sure, sure. you guys yep. got stories back we when you're doing service calls and you're like, oh, my gosh, really, <laughs> really gross. There's a lot of people. There's, yeah. lot, there's lots of really gross stuff out there. Yeah. We figured this out really early. And I'll tell this on Brad because he's heard it a million times. But when I was working at this other plumbing business, I was managed. I was running their service department. That's what we'd gone in there to do. And so I'm, call, I'm answering the phone. I'm scheduling calls. And Brad had finally gotten into a position where he was qualified to go into somebody's house and start doing plumbing work, but he's still brand new. And yeah, I got a call from a lady one day and she was like, hi, I just want to say Brad was amazing. He did such a nice job. He was so polite. He was so clean. He cleaned up after himself. He like talked to my kids. He was just awesome. And I just wanted to call in and say, thanks. And I was like, that's really nice. Thank you. And she's like, but if you could maybe send out one of the other more experienced guys, it's still leaking, but he was great. So my takeaway was like what she got out of this experience was not that the problem still exists, <laughs> right? but that Brad was really nice. Yeah. yeah. And like that, I remember was a real clear moment for me of, man, if we can just... I got to go into business with this guy. <laughs> I was a kid. I think I was like 19 at point or 20 yeah. or something. Yeah. So it all, it, that, that's where that started for me is figuring out that people are... It's not that they want their thing to still be leaking after we leave, but, but whatever it's worth, what you guys have described so far in your good experiences yeah. with mm-hmm. plumbing, neither of you said that was the straightest, cleanest... Even pipe yeah. installation I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Right? You said yeah. he was nice. It's customer you experience. You liked our right. That guy sweated that copper. Amazing. The guy right. was a magician. He has amazing yeah, right. sweating skills. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what anybody no. takes. He was nice. They were polite. They were on time. They right. said hi. They said hi to my kids. My dog liked them. The, yeah. That's certainly the culture we've tried to build. We, we hire 
for sure based on personality and then train from there. That's smart. Yeah. I was going to say, how character. do you keep that? How do you keep that as you grow? Because it's hard. That's hard, yeah. right? Because you want to grow. You're like, hey, we need more people. We want to yeah. hit our goal. But at the same time, you can't compromise on the culture and the systems and values, right? That that has been one of the more challenging things is to have people. It will and everybody comes in and they say they can look great on a resume, but yeah. we have to send them in your home. And sometimes we get duped or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somebody's not what they said they were. But if someone's technically competent, very good plumber. But that's 100%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The guy's got a personality that's like um, his mother yeah. likes. So, yeah, yeah, character. We've learned to hire on character, mm-hmm. and we can teach you the rest of it. Yeah. Right. And but how if many, you have character, integrity, all those things, we can teach the rest. How many employees are you at today? About 120. Nice. Wow. So you're almost hit that. And this is me getting into my business school stuff. There's theories. Once you get above 150, it's when you go from a tribe to an organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I've heard studies yeah. that are in a various range because it's harder to keep culture above I, a certain amount I think amount we're of really close to that. Yeah. It's hard to really monitor everything. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to, but I'm at Butler two days a week. Yeah. And I just don't know as many of the guys yeah. as I used to. We've had new guys come in, mm-hmm. had some great luck hiring. And more and more, we have to rely on, I am not. <laughs> Neither of us are part of a lot of Brad, hiring par- processes. And that's yeah, on purpose. Be. It doesn't yeah. make any sense for us to do that. Brad yeah. and I only have the ability to influence culture among seven or eight people right. at Hope Plumbing. And, and then, the leadership team. Then from yeah. the leadership team. And then from there, it's them putting that into practice, which mm-hmm. to me feels less tribal and more organizational. Yeah. Right? How does someone find out, how does someone find you in order to work for you and or just call Hope Plumbing? Yeah, call Hope Plumbing, <laughs> 641 com. We are constantly, and I we were just talking about this today, we are always hiring. Mm -hmm. So if somebody walks in the door and they're amazing, like we'll figure out how to make that work. Mm -hmm. We're always growing. So that's easy enough. And part of the answer with you asked about how you, what do you do to keep all these guys and hire on character? Part of the reality is you end up having guys on staff sometimes more than you need that are not quite ready yet to be a plumber, not quite ready yet to do the work, whatever that is. But you want to keep them around and keep them there. So you end up with apprentices or helpers or however you want to think about that sometimes more than you need, knowing they're going to be good when we get there. The growth is coming. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the character part. We can invest in them. And that's part of sending them off on to some of the trainings that we send them to. And mm-hmm. and I think that's exciting for them as well. Wow, this has been amazing, guys. I, I really appreciate you guys sure. coming in today. Obviously, yeah. appreciate your guys' sponsorship in us and belief in us. That's a huge thing for Paige and I as we've started to continue to grow this. And uh, I just really appreciate it. So how can our listeners find Hope Plumbing when they have a plumbing need? Or maybe someone's listening that wants to get into plumbing, right? Maybe there's some new talent for you as you guys grow. How can they get in contact with you guys? And yeah, hopeplumbing.com will get you all of that information. Yep. Our phone number is 641-HOPE. If there you, uh, go. you can still find, the <laughs> but if you, oh, yeah. you Google us, follow us on Instagram, Hope yeah. Plumbing or TikTok. That's how, that's how oh, you're we on TikTok, TikTok now. TikTok. We yeah. have a video. We need how to get many on views? TikTok. How many yeah. views does that video have, Colleen? Three, Three million. Three million we went, views. I think it's safe we to need to say, hire your social media we girl. Went viral. Who is in that video? Ashley. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Look at awesome. you guys. We're gonna look it up I after mean, this. That's amazing. That is amazing. A plumbing company. If you'd have told me. 
couple of years ago that, hey, plumbing companies can get 3 million views on TikTok. I wouldn't have believed you. It's awesome. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's a video her, of her talking about how to keep flies out of your garbage disposal, I think. And Boom. it... Oh, it, fruit flies. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. like, flies? Took off. I was like, what that's does that huge. person have in their garbage disposal? <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's real. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank it's, you it's for awesome. having us. No, Thanks for thank coming. Yeah. This has been highly valuable, even for me, as Paige and I have been doing a lot of planning for 24, and we've been having a lot of similar conversations. Yeah. And I totally, I took a lot out of this, and I, I, cool. I really hope our listeners will, too. I'm pretty sure they yeah, will. What yeah. do you think, Good. Paige? Good. I think it was awesome. Thank you, Good. guys. All right. Brad's on the second season. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's Thanks exciting. For yeah. sure. And Brad and I, whatever it's worth, <laughs> yeah. I know we're running out yeah. of it. But we love to support stuff like this. Yeah. Like people that are just getting started that are figuring it out like Colleen can attest to this for sure like we've had numerous guys approach us at Hope Plumbing and be like hey I've thought about starting my own business and we're like that's awesome how can we help yeah. and so I love the encouraging all of this stuff I love to see oh, people we've done the LLC do for multiple guys that's yeah. awesome. who, want to, how, who are we to not want to encourage that if that can be right. the best version of themselves like that's awesome. absolutely and that's part of going back to I don't see it as a threat. Like, yeah, I want, this is the best part of you. I want you to be the best version you can be. Thank thank you guys. And thank you to our listeners. It's been great. Thank you to the Hope Plumbing, Brad and Jack. You guys rock. Thank Thank you. you. Amazing sponsors. And this season. They give a flush. Yeah. They They give a flush. Yeah, we (laughs) give a a flush. flush. You give a flush. Love it. Until next time. We'll see you. Thanks. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to like or follow us on LinkedIn and YouTube at Urban Foundry Podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Colliers International may maintain positions in the properties discussed in this podcast.